I'm Jesse, And I'm Stephanie. We are two Arizona realtors who have built multi-million dollar businesses using only social media. And now we're bringing you our best kept secrets and social strategies to grow your small business online. So grab your coffee and a notebook and let's dive into Socially Modern. Hey, you guys, welcome back to the Socially Modern podcast. It feels like we've been on like Christmas break, but it's February for a very long time. We feel like newbies back in the podcasting room, but it feels exciting to be back in the recording studio. Yes, we like we told you guys, we were planning on, you know, releasing an episode every week and then life happened we couldn't find time to get to the studio together. We had multiple times scheduled, but then had to end up rescheduling for multiple reasons. But we're back. We're back. And with every intention that every Thursday you will get to hear our lovely voices. <laughs> I know every Thursday, the past two Thursdays that we haven't had an episode, I'm like, it hurts me a little because I can't just like pull open Apple Podcasts and turn on our podcast. <laughs> we we get sad as well when we don't get to go and listen to our newest episode. So we feel your guys' pain, um, but we are so excited to get these podcasts out to you, rocking and rolling again. We're feeling good. We've got things on track. Beginning of the year is just always crazy, I think, for business owners um, alike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I think just coming out of holidays and Christmas and then having to get back into a new routine and everything just kind of throws you all off. But I'm excited for this episode. I've been excited to do this episode for a long time and I'm so glad we're finally here recording it. She has been because this this episode is like Jessie all over <laughs> it because she is the queen of organization. We have talked about this. She is definitely the yin to my yang. Um, and so that's why it makes things so great. Uh, but... This episode, you guys, we are digging into all of our numbers from 2020. Yes. It was a crazy year. It was like an, a nuts kind of year, but it was also like an amazing year for, for both of us. And I know a lot of different business owners, you know, would say the same thing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I had certain goals and aspirations for 2020, and then what I ended up with was much better than what I was shooting for. And I'm so grateful for it. But I've, I've listened to other podcasts where they're female business owners and they kind of pull back the curtain a little bit on their income and their full, they're just completely transparent on what they made and how they made it. And, you know, a bunch of other things. And I've always appreciated that. So that's, one reason why I push so hard to do this episode because I I appreciate the transparency and that's like that should be my middle name really because I'm super transparent on social you media. You are. You're so good at doing that and honestly, it's nice to hear from real life people what it is that they they were able to do and the real side of it too. You know, we're always yeah. seeing like the wins and the accomplishments on social media, but there's a lot of hard work and effort and losses in the mix too, that maybe we don't always put on to display. Yes, it's true. Even us, even us, we don't share 
some of those things sometimes, but (laughs) not in the heat of the moment, at least. Right. So cool. Well, let's dive into it then. So we're just kind of going to do a little bit of back and forth, just sharing all different types of numbers. Um, We'll talk about our biggest wins, biggest losses, overall takeaways from the year. And hopefully you guys find it entertaining, inspiring. I don't know. You're here. Thanks for being here. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Cool. So starting with total transactions. So for the year of 2020, I completed 18 total transactions. Coming into 2020, my goal was to do 10 and I ended with 18. So I'm pretty happy about that. You knocked it out of the park. Yeah, I'm very happy about that. Didn't expect it at all. You know, I thought 10 was a lofty goal. What month was it that you called me and you were, I, I'm trying to remember, I think it was like spring of 2020. It was February. It was February. It was, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly a year ago. It was ago. a year ago that I called you and I was like, I need transactions. I need clients or something. <laughs> I think that you told me you were considering getting a part-time job even. And yeah. and I was like, okay, I mean, if that's really like, you know, financially what you need to do, but you know, I was like, if you can hold out, it's coming, it's coming. And then we just had this same like conversation not that long ago with one of the girls on our team who has been busting her butt Mm -hmm. and putting in the time. And we were like, it's coming, it's coming. It's going to like just explode and you're going to not, you're not going to know what to do with yourself. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) she texted us the other day and she's like, help, (laughs) this weekend is going to be crazy. I'm like, going to be out of my house all day the whole weekend she's yeah. just like so busy and it's that's how it happens mm-hmm. it it really was and I it, it I just don't know how to explain it it just had happened all of the work and effort that I had put into my social media into my networking and everything since I got my license started to pay off and the floodgates just opened and I had a kick-ass year and I'm really proud of that Well, you put in the time, you put in the effort. And that's always what I say too. like, you know, we may experience moments of drought where we have like that high, high. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, I'm back to being unemployed basically. Because when you're (laughs) self-employed, it kind of feels a lot like unemployment. Yes. And so, you know, that's when I will even tell myself, like, what were you doing three months prior on your best month that, you know what I mean? Your lead generation, your um, networking, what were you doing that got you this business and Mm -hmm. what can you implement now? Yep. Yeah, exactly. So how many did you have in 2020? I ended up doing a total of 22 sales. Um, This year was actually a, a much higher average sales price for me. So that was really exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was your average? <laughs> My average sales price was 382000 That's awesome. Mine yes. was like, mine was right around two fifty. Mine sat at two fifty for several years. I, I just, I don't know, this last year was really great. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that allotted me to maybe have less total transactions, but I still ended up you know, a lot higher in my gross income, which was cool. Yeah. And it's interesting. I know every market is so different and I've had people DM me and say, oh, I did like 30 transactions and I only made X amount of money, which is significantly less than mine. 
my income and not like that's not I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm just saying every market is so different and like 250 300 is kind of the average starter home, like actual single family home here in the Phoenix area. And then when you start getting into the four, five hundred thousand dollar price points, those are your, you know, more second prominent home, areas. Second home, home upgraded <laughs> home, our family's growing, we need a new home type of place. And then more so in the high one hundreds into the low two hundreds price range is your like townhomes and condos exactly. and stuff. And that that's what the Phoenix market looks like. So it's so different in so many markets. And that's why I actually, like when I first started, I was so focused on my transaction count. And I still obviously think about this, but at the same time, when you're talking about, you know, um, sales, really we should be talking about like your total sales count. Mm-hmm. How many, how much in production, how much in production did you do? There you mm-hmm. go. That was the word I was looking for. <laughs> so speaking of, so what, what was your, um, Overall production. Yeah, production. So I sold um, 8.4 million approximately last year. Um, and I, every year since I started in real estate and I've, I've just been in real estate for four years. So every year I've gone up by at least 2 million every year in sales. Um, so that's always just like my bare minimum goal is that like at the very bare minimum, I'm going to go up at least 2 million. Yeah. And that was accomplished. That's cool. Yeah. So I ended 2020 with 4.7 million in sales. You rocked it. Thanks. That's so amazing. I, my, like I said before, my main focus and goal was 10 transactions. It was, I wasn't focused on how much those individual transactions were. I wasn't focused on total sales. You know, it was, I want to do at least 10 transactions. And then that ended up getting me to 18 total transactions with 4.7 million in sales. So that's so cool because Literally the year prior, if you guys remember, Jesse, sh- she went from zero to four point, you know, four four point seven in yeah. <laughs> in no time. Like what? Mm-hmm. My first year, I I I did less than you in my first first year. I did two two point something. I don't even remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I mean, it's just crazy how different everybody's first steps can be. And we were kind of talking about that earlier. It's like, stop with the comparison game, put your blinders on and focus on you because your business is not going to match anybody else's. Your successes are going to be timed differently. Um, and, and we don't know what, you know what I mean? We didn't know that you were putting in a year prior, like what that looked like. Mm -hmm. A lot of people may not know that. Yeah. Um, and vice versa. Yeah. Nope. It's, it's true. You just gotta run your own race. Exactly. Exactly. Compete with yourself. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) What are your goals? What's your, what's, what makes your dreams come true? You know, Mm -hmm. everybody's different. My first year I wanted to replace my $40,000 income. Yep. (laughs) I was like, if I could just replace this office job, I'm going to be so happy. Mm -hmm. And then my first year, it was kind of like your last year. I mean, I I doubled. I was like, holy cow. I just did 96,000 gross. Mm hmm. That was not even on my my not radar. Even on your radar, yeah. And it was amazing. It was a cool feeling. Mm-hmm. And then you're just kind of like, what else can I? What else can I do? Yeah. Where do I go from here? Mm-hmm. 
Well, and I remember, so that kind of leads us into like gross income. So for 2020, I ended right about 92,000 in gross income. And again, that was not my focus. My focus was transactions. Um, you know, it was roughly, I had an idea of what I would gross income wise, um, doing 10 transactions, but it wasn't a main focus. So when I ended at 92,000 for the year, I was like, do we realize that that's 8,000 away from a six figure income? And like how many people are like, I want to make six figures. Like I want to do six figures. And then I ended at 92,000 and I was like, oh, so it's it's this possible. Yep. It's, it's this attainable, you know? And so this year it's like, you know, six figures are bust for me. Exactly. And everyone's goals are different. Like if you're listening to this and you're, if you're like, I can't really, I don't, I'm not looking to do six figures. That is totally fine. Whatever your goals are, they are super valid. And we don't want you to feel like you have to have lofty six figure quarter of a million dollar years or whatever, like whatever your goals are, you're, they're valid. Totally. We're here for you. We're here for you. Exactly. And everybody's, like we said, will be different and it's going to come and go and change. And, you know, like I said, when I, when I first started that first year, I, I mentioned this a lot because my mindset was not as grand as it is now. And now it's like, you know, sky is the limit realistically. Mm-hmm. Um, if I want to earn half a million dollars, it's doable. If I want to earn a million dollars, it's doable. But if I would go back to the Stephanie that I was the first year that I started in real estate, I was like, oh, I was, I didn't even want to say six figures because yeah. I didn't want to let myself down. And my mindset was just like, oh, I just want to make 40,000. You know, mm-hmm. let me, let me get to that first and see how I do that way. I don't let myself down, but this business has, it, it blows your mind and then you change and you're like, okay, I, I feel like the biggest thing that I gained from this, not even monetarily was how much more increase I've done in my mind work, yeah, <laughs> in my inner work, you know? Well, I think that I, um, on our road trip this weekend, part of why we weren't able to record last week, <laughs> um, on our road trip, RJ and I listened to The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy um, on audiobook while we were driving. And in that audiobook, he actually quotes Jim Rohn, who said something along the lines of, you don't get to a level of success, you build yourself and then you attract that success to you. If that makes sense. And I was just like mind blown by that quote. And I was like, that is so true because if you can focus on your mindset, your physical health, mental health, emotional health, spiritual health, whatever, and just work on yourself, then that success will come to you because you've prepared yourself for that success. And that's exactly where... I feel like I'm at is like, what can I do? Not necessarily like, what can I do in my business? What can I do to make myself better? Right. Is it meditating? Is it exercising harder? Like, like not harder, but just expanding from my comfort zone in the fitness world. Is it reading more? Is it, you know, whatever it might be. Right. No, so true. We should uh, we should break down our numbers just a little bit further. I think. Okay. What so, was, so what was your gross income though? Oh, 
Oh, oh, oh, did I skip over this? <laughs> <laughs> so my gross income was 198000 and change. Yeah. I know. I know. Does that just kind of blow your mind a little bit? Yes. <laughs> 100%. I mean, you guys, five years ago, I was making less than $50,000 a year. Mm-hmm. And, and now this? Yeah. Oh, I remember getting my very first commission check. I closed my first house in May of 2020. And I remember sitting there after I had picked it up at title and looking at the check and it was like a $4,000 check. It wasn't, it wasn't a huge sale. My first sale that I closed was a $150,000 little town home. And I remember sitting there in my car looking at that check. And I was like, this is the biggest check that I've ever gotten in my life. Did you play some awesome music when you deposited that at the bank? Yeah. I mean, I was just like, (laughs) I just sat there and I was like, I want to remember this moment because even though it was, you know, only quote only, you know, $150,000, which is, you know, less in our market, um, even though it was a small transaction and, and whatever else, like it was still the biggest check that I had ever received ever. Like I had never gotten a check that big from a previous employer or for a bonus or anything like that. And so I really just like took that moment to sit there in in my car and I looked at that check and I was like, here we go. This is a beginning of something really cool. And that was in May of last year before I had really experienced what 2020 was going to bring to me. Yeah. No, that was amazing. I I remember the first time that I made my largest deposit as well. I recorded it, played really awesome like music at the same time because I'd have like a soundtrack going. Mm-hmm. I was that into yeah. it. No, I love it. <laughs> Those are big moments. Like we need to celebrate these moments, you guys. Like I think in, especially, you know, in the last year, it was a tough year. We can acknowledge that. But even better to sit there and celebrate and reminisce in the wins and in the awesome moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Life is what you make it. <laughs> I'm going to get all deep here. <laughs> so so you wanted to break down yes, the numbers I mean, even further. We were kind of chatting and it's like, you know, our whole podcast, of course, is about being on social media and, you know, getting your clients through social media. Mm-hmm. And, um, I can genuinely, like, I always tell, tell everybody, you know, um, you know, using social media for my business has been, you know, crazy, good, amazing. Uh, but on top of that, you know, I have newer agents that do join us now on the team and stuff. And they're like, okay, yeah. Like my last team would tell me to call my sphere of influence and, you know, we always hear about our sphere of influence so much. And so Mm -hmm. I always say like, I'm digitally farming. Um, you know, I'm reminding my sphere of influence in an organic and casual way of what I do. And then I'm a leader. And, uh, that is also how you build in the referral based business Mm -hmm. world as well. So, um, out of all of my closings last year, I can say all of them came from social media even my sphere of influence referral clients, they reached out to me through social media. Mm-hmm. That's where they were reminded. Yeah, that's really cool. Was that the same for you? It was similar. Um, so I had, so I did 18 transactions, but I had 17 different sets of clients because one set of clients I 
sold their house and then helped them buy another one. But of those 17, six of them were people that um, I had known before. Like I sold a couple of previous coworkers each homes. And then I had a few of them that were like my husband had met or my husband's coworker knew or, you know, so those were more word of mouth referrals. And then the other 11 came straight from Instagram or TikTok. Isn't that cool? You just said TikTok. TikTok. What? The app that everybody (laughs) was like talking crap about. TikTok is stupid. (laughs) 18 year olds can't buy houses. Yeah. You would hear that. And, and honestly, I never talked crap about it. I just didn't really get into TikTok right when you did. I've been very open Mm -hmm. about that. And yeah, I was like, holy crap, Jesse. I would go and look at Jesse's TikTok and I would go and read through some of the messages and she would have pages of just not messages, comments. Yep. Uh, of people just asking her so many questions. And I was like, wow. Yeah. This is explosive. It was. It really was. And I'll be honest, I am not as active on TikTok now as I was last year. It's probably something, I mean, I don't know. I always say it's like something that I want to get back into, but I'm also doing just fine, really focusing just on Instagram too. So it's kind of like, it, was, it got me to where I am today, but whether I will fully go back and be as active as I was, I'm not sure, but... Instagram sucked still. you back in with reels. It did, and I mean, <laughs> I've grown my Instagram community to be a lot more, I don't know, catered to me and, and a lot more uh, engaging, I guess, a lot more involved. And, and probably a lot more localized. Mm -hmm. And I, well, I still have people that will come across my TikTok Mm -hmm. and then they'll come find me on Instagram because that's how it was working. People would find me on TikTok and then go find me on Instagram and send me a DM. So they may have originally seen me on TikTok, but they reached out to me on Instagram just because I didn't have my DMs and TikTok set to where anyone could DM me. It was just, we had to follow each other. So it was just easier for people to come DM me on Instagram. Right, right. Which is probably where you prefer most people to be anyways. Yeah. If they're, if they're scouting you out on another platform, they're probably pretty serious about getting in touch with you too. <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. I absolutely love stories like that. So so I, before we kind of move into the wins and losses there, I actually di- dove a little bit deeper and I know you didn't dive this deep into your oh, numbers, <laughs> um, but I was just curious. And so because I did the research, I thought I would share this with everybody. So, um, so I did have 17 buyer transactions and then one listing transaction, but then there were three other clients that did go under contract, but fell through and then didn't end up closing on something in 2020. So I had the same think of all of that effort that goes into showing and being on calls and scheduling showings and writing offers and everything to get three people under contract. And then they all fell through or they backed out and then, you know, didn't end up closing again. That was all time that I didn't get paid for, you know? So there was that. And then next is I actually went back through my calendar and my scheduling system and I did 103 buyer calls 
in 2020, give or take anywhere between a half hour to an hour of time that I spent with each of those people. Like that number astounds me that I did 103 buyer calls in 2020. That should really kind of even more so pull back the curtain and be like, holy shit, (laughs) that's a lot. How much effort you're putting into your business, you know what I mean, to sell where you're at and sustain yourself, you know, this pays for the roof over your head. I think that sometimes people forget these things. It's like, I'm a real human too. I have bills. Mm-hmm. I have things that I have to pay for. I have a husband that I like to see every once in a while, Yeah, you know? Um, and so there is, you know, when you're working in sales, anybody that's in sales, you know that it's a numbers game. Mm-hmm. You're going to be putting in a lot of time. Like you said, you did 103 buyer consults and you had 17 closings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so I, I broke it down even further from there. So out of those 103 buyer calls, 11 people actually closed or were under contract because there were some clients that I had been working with last year that didn't close until this year and whatever. Sometimes that, um, that happens often. Yeah. So then um, there were an additional 14 people that I actually went out and showed homes to that either like they fell through or they showed homes with me and then ultimately told me that they were going to go with another agent. So people that I had spent time with gotten in my car, spent gas money, (laughs) drove. Stings a little when you've got these moments in time, but. And then, and then, so of the, so again, of the 103 so there were eight people that told me that they were going with another agent. Some of them I had actually gotten out and shown. Others I hadn't gotten that far yet. I had at least gotten to a buyer call with them, but I hadn't actually gone out and showed. So eight different people did end up eventually telling me. There may have been more people that ended up using another realtor and just didn't tell me, but eight people actually told me that they were going with another agent. So I guess you could look at it that way. Eight people had the guts to to be like, sorry, we're going with someone else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I give people that. Like I would love I, I love honesty and being upfront about things rather than, you know, hiding or ghosting. <laughs> I know. And I, that's kind of the thing too is if I would rather have people just be like, hey, you know, be honest with me, right? Be honest with me. There was one instance where there was a girl that I was working with. um, She was looking in Scottsdale and where I live in Queen Creek, you know, that's a 45, 50 minute drive. And, you know, there were a couple times where I just couldn't accommodate being able to get up there and show. And in our market, you have to hop on stuff super fast. And so she ultimately ended up using another agent, but she came to me and was like, Hey, you know, and she was really open and honest about it. And I was like, you know what? You're exactly right. I haven't been available and I don't want that experience for you in your first home purchase. So by all means, go with someone that lives up there. Right. Like no harm, no foul. I totally get it. Exactly. See, and it just, there's no burn bridges. It's it just makes sense. And you were open about it. She was honest. I mean... If only they were all (laughs) the same way, but you know, they don't know the amount of effort that we are, that we have behind it, you know, Mm -hmm. but I hope that sharing those types of numbers kind of really, again, kind of pulls back the curtain even more. So people are like, they're not just like, 
well, you're just like having fun on social media. It's like, no, there's a lot of shit that goes into it too. So there's a lot of behind the scenes that we don't necessarily always post because otherwise you'd just have a lot of really boring stories of me sitting at my desk. Right. Not even, you know, looking like a mess because my hair's in a bun. and mm-hmm. <laughs> Right. That's just the way that it is. But no, it is interesting. You know, I mean, in December alone, I did over 20 buyer calls. Yeah. So I'll let you know how those ones pan out. Yay. This year. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> so do you want to, should we talk about our wins and losses wins and to losses? close it out? Yes. I think so. So what do you, what would you say Biggest win or biggest wins if you have multiple? Uh, I feel, uh, so I'm, I'm definitely one of those people where I can look at my losses and, and count them as wins sometimes too. Mm-hmm. So I would say my biggest um, loss last year was just that I was definitely trying to figure out the time struggle. And so that was difficult. And so I had, I had higher hopes as far as what my closings were going to be because I also had clients, similar situations where they didn't work out, you know, and sometimes it's not their fault. It's, you know, COVID had happened last year. Some people lost their jobs, Mm -hmm. you know, it's real reasons, real life. That's understandable, but you know, it's a little, (laughs) a little painful sometimes too, but yeah, yeah, it was definitely, I had several deals that at the very last um, moment and in the end of quarter four, they, they fell out. So that just, you know, well, and you even, (laughs) I I don't know if you want to talk about this, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. Oh gosh. You even had clients that gouged you for commission. You had clients that, that, either asked you or I did pressured you to pay for certain things which is money out of your pocket which is money out of my pocket yeah it was very disheartening because they were things that were out of my control and I was already having it was kind of like a rough it was a rough month and then this had happened at the the end it was it was just salt in the wound I was already you know kind of salty about that month in general and then that happened and I was just, I was, I was pretty deflated, honestly, mm-hmm. like four years in and, and I, I can handle, I've gotten some pretty tough, thick skin over the years. I mean, you have to in this business, but there aren't, there are still times where I was like, oh man, I just want to like go curl in a ball, watch a movie, yeah. <laughs> drink a whole bottle of wine Yep, <laughs> and just like forget about it, you know, but at the end of the day, I didn't want to lose. I don't like to burn bridges. I don't want to end things on a bad note with my clients. I, I am the first person, at least I like to think that I am, you know, to give the shirt off my back. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I did it to appease the situation. Uh, did I like it? No. Right. Was I happy who, about it? Who would? No. Yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lessons are learned every single year. Yep. <laughs> That's for sure. So what what would you say is your biggest win then? My biggest win, I, I'm honestly, I'm so blown away by the Main Villain Co. group. Like, this was our first year. Mm-hmm. We're not even a year in. April will be realistically yeah. a full year. It's true. Um, and 
I want to say like there was just so much growth and learning and trial and error. And I'm a new, you know, I'm, I'm now responsible in mentoring a lot of people. And so that was a huge, huge, huge undertaking. And so I'm definitely like patting myself on the back because, you know, this honestly was the success of all the girls. Mm -hmm. Like I look back now and I'm like, wow, that's really cool to see. Yeah. You built that. That's amazing. That, it's like my new baby. I mean, a year ago, <laughs> a year ago, it was me and two other girls, maybe. I don't even know at One, that point. I think. <laughs> you know, and then now we have, oh, I don't even, like, I think around 15. 14 or 15. Like 14, 15 girls, you know, and last year it was two or three. Yep. And, you know, that was in your mind, and then now it's actually manifested and real. Here. and now we have even more people that aren't in Arizona that want to join the group and stuff. And it's just, yeah, it's really cool. That's a really solid win. That's the win. That was my win. I love it. It was everybody's win. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody is winning right now. I, I just am, I'm excited. This year is going to kick ass at the main villain co group. Yeah, I concur. Okay. You tell me yours now. Losses. Tell me your um, losses. We'll end on wins. Biggest losses, I think, was, I'll be honest, I haven't really thought about this. <laughs> what? I know, the right? The planner of all planners. I know, crazy, right? Um, you I had just, just a really successful year, so it I is know, kind of hard. I know, it's kind of hard for me to think, but I mean, in reality, like, some of the biggest losses I did have were... Um, I don't know, gut checks with clients, I guess. Cause there were a couple times where I, I kind of put myself in a stupid position with a client where I was trying to be reasonable and honest with that client, but it ultimately kind of ended up coming across like I wasn't on my own client's side. Right. So there were a couple, a couple of times where I put myself in that position and I kind of had to eat crow a little bit and, kind of just admit my mistake to my clients and, you know, be, be put in really uncomfortable positions to admit that I was wrong and stuff. And so, so now I'm, I'm still open and honest and upfront with all of my clients, but I'm always just like, we can always do that. You get, I work for you. You tell me these are the consequences of that. Exactly. You know, and that, that's where we go from here. So yeah, I, I did kind of get myself caught in a couple of uncomfortable situations with clients a couple times, but I was we able all to do that in the beginning, dig out though. of it. <laughs> <laughs> you learn, you learn so much by each transaction and dealing with so many different personality types. And that's like in our, in our industry, I mean, we have to, we walk a really fine line of like, hi, I'm here to be pessimistic and tell you what all of the, you know, what all the negatives could be, what all the bad outcomes could be. Um, it doesn't mean I'm not on your side. <laughs> so you yeah. have to walk this like fine line of like, you know, let me tell you all the bad stuff, but I'm still here to support you and do this and do that. And let me show you how I can protect you ultimately. Right. Um, and that's what you hired us for. Yep. Yeah. So I would say that's probably my biggest loss, um, which, you know, turned into a lesson. It's a you lesson, know, and I, which I take is a good it, thing. I take it into my my client experience now. And then, um, biggest win. I mean, I, 2020 was just the biggest win. I just, the year was just 
so not what I was expecting and in a good way. Um, I am not, you know, immune to what happened in, in, in the world, in the world, you know, yeah, and, no. and things, but at the same time, like this is my experience and my perspective and it's valid, even though it may not resonate with everybody in the world, but I had a really great year. And like I said before, it was a big accumulation of all of the work that I had put in in 2019 and in early 2020 and all the work that I continued to put in throughout the year all the times I didn't want to go out and show I didn't want to drive an hour to Phoenix to show homes in 110 degree weather but I did it anyway all of the times I didn't want to push myself to like stay in shape or whatever and I did it anyway and just the big push of personal growth that I had in 2020 really propelled me to be ready to take on that success. And I don't know, I just, I made the most money that I've ever made in one year last year. And I can high five on so that. grateful for that. That was the same, same Z's, <laughs> same Z's. That you was know. a really sad high five. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard when you're trying to I do know. it across the table, but no, I'm just, I'm really proud of 2020 it was hard you know but it was also good exactly silver lining yes it was i agree there was a lot of growth i feel that way though every year every year i end end and i'm like oh that was so much growth there was so much new stuff i know i mean i feel like that should be the goal i feel like people should continuously want to grow and to grow you have to put yourself in uncomfortable positions you have to do hard things and sometimes you just have to fly by the seat of your pants, but that's how we that's how we grow and we, we become better humans, better moms, better wives, better agents, better whatever. Exactly. You know? Better people. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. This was such a good episode. It was a I good episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. This is a good one. I'm glad we we dove into this. We hashed it out. Yay. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being patient with us, guys. We promise to get episodes out to you every Thursday going forward. And we love that you're here listening. So go make sure that you're subscribed. And hey, if you can, go leave us a review. We would love to share your reviews on our social media uh, and also go find us on Instagram. Yes, at Socially Modern. Awesome. See you guys. Bye, guys. <laughs>